I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who came, saw, and saw it again. Until they ran out of wood. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it's show number 489 for November 4th, 2020. On today's show, we're talking about Matt. Seriously, it's all about Matt. His new house, his new shop, some changes from what I what I think he was going to do. Something's changed. There's a lot, there's a lot of cool so, things going on. Make sure you stick around and listen to this one because there's uh, something, something you don't already know. Yeah, I mean, I... Number I, four I, will I, surprise you. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> does clickbait work in audio? I don't know. I think it still does, yeah. I, I used to consider Matt a friend, and then I realized I actually only find out what's going on in his life on Wood Talk. So... <laughs> I'm interested to hear what's happening, so oh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler's been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Black Friday deals are going on right now. Shop early for the best selection in stores or at rockler.com. And their gift-making sale is still going on, which includes all the supplies that you need for the gift-making season. The sale runs from October 2nd to November 25th, so don't miss it. And if you want to help support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash woodtalk and sign up to become a patron of the show. This week, we have to thank Galactic Squanch, the Steve Mills, the Chuck Thompson, Ryder Nimick, and was it Aldong 5000? Yeah. Aldong. <laughs> that, uh, yep. All right. It's a family show. The joke I want to say, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but let's all just use our imaginations. <laughs> Because it's maybe pretty it's, good. <laughs> is, is it L dong or maybe it's AI dong? I think it is an L. Is it an L or I? Yeah, it's an L. <laughs> Match checking right now. Let me see. Is that really an L? <laughs> Either way, it would be an amazing piece of equipment. Let's put it that way. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, so here's my favorite part of the show. Matt gets to talk. Um, so look, we know you moved or no, we know you bought a house. You haven't moved. Correct. And the last I heard regarding the shop was like the shop was part of a future plan, but I didn't know exactly what you were going to do. But f- the most important thing was you were keeping the shop uh, while you maintain the other house, uh, keeping it in the same place for the time being. But that seems to not be the case. Yeah. Bring so us up to speed. The, uh, the the thing that changed was just we had our first meeting with the architect for the design of the new house because uh, we're gonna make a make it bigger mm-hmm. so that we have some more space there. Uh, basically, with, with the time frames with what they're doing right now and with like apparently like everything is super behind due to all of this fun uh, COVID stuff. Uh, the the time frame that I had preferred or wanted is not gonna be happening. So it's gonna be instead of being like starting with this thing in like the spring, like March something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More realistically, it's probably like June. Mm. So for what well, March is only, a, I don't know, it's like four or five months. So like for that amount of time, it didn't really seem worth it to us to like to move to this house to then move out for the renovations. Sure. Um, but 
with that kind of lead time, I'm like, okay, well, that's a lot longer. It feels a lot longer at, at that point. Plus, we're like, the more time we spend there, the more we're like, this is kind of a nice place. Like, the land's really nice to be at. And uh, we spent all this money on this place. So, you know what? Let's just move here. And then we'll just move back next summer. <laughs> so, well, dude, it's like it's like cooking the most amazing meal and then someone telling you that you can't eat it for three hours, right? You just have yes. to sit there, look at it, and smell it, <laughs> but you can't eat it. And we were like... It only took us like two weeks to get to this decision, but like yeah. we have, we're like we're going there for the weekends, and we realize that it's kind of like it's not fun, like going back and forth. No, and like you go there to spend the day there, and like none of your stuff's there, right? And right. like yeah. you realize, like Lindsay went to the grocery store and bought a bunch of cans to make chili. We have no can opener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So like I'm okay, now I'll run to the store and buy a can opener just so we can make dinner. Yeah, yeah. There's it's no like, like there's gotta be an axe laying around on that property somewhere. Yeah, come on. There's come nothing. On. <laughs> there's nothing think, laying around. More more yeah. likely it took instead of two weeks, it took Lindsay doing one commute from the new house to go, yep, yeah, we're staying here. No, that, that's true too. But the, the the other thing with the commute thing is it's it's forty five minutes to get to the to the house. And I'm already sick of it. And this is the same commute that Lindsay's been doing for eight years. Yeah. To her job. It was right had her a, office. You had a couple days and she's been doing it for a long time. I'm like, I don't know how you did this for eight years. This is terrible. This sucks. Yeah. No wonder you're so angry all the time. This is not fun. Especially <laughs> like you, you're like, we're there like all day and like, it's like eight or nine o'clock. Then you still got to drive home for 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm like that's. Yeah. That's, and that, that's the one thing that I always thought like having like an offsite shop would do me in like to have to drive there and then the worst part to have to drive home at the end of the day, I don't think I yeah. could do it. I would end up doing so much less woodworking. <laughs> there, There is definitely, um, you know, advantages and disadvantages to that. You know, like if you've got, and uh, you know, mine and Matt's case, you've got young kids uh, at home. Sometimes being away from the house is a really, really good thing. But then <laughs> right, uh, yeah. there, there is also that disadvantage that, you know what? Oh, it's a, uh, I'm not actually working tonight after work, but I want to go in and I've got two glue ups that I need to progress to the next stage that will save me, you know, six hours tomorrow. If I can go out twice, but I'm only out there for five minutes. Well, I'm not going to go drive to a shop right. to do those simple little things. So, I mean, there's definitely bonuses, but also disadvantages. So here's the question with the plan that you have with the architect and the builder and everything. Um, I, I would imagine there, you know, no plan survives contact with the enemy. This would actually be a really good opportunity for you to shoot some holes in that plan, like to actually live in the house for a couple of months and go, was, okay, this is yeah, what we was, are planning, but that's not going to work or make it bigger or something like that. That was one of the things the architect actually suggested that uh, we had move in and live with the house for a bit to really understand the flow. When we're right. Really he didn't want, want change orders. <laughs> it's right. all theor so, theoretical at this point. Yeah. I mean, theoretically right now it's like, well, it's a two bedroom house. So it's the same bedrooms as we have now. Um, so that's like the biggest thing we want to change is to throw more bedrooms on the second floor, which means that the main floor gets bumped out too. Yeah. Which means that there's now a bump on the basement as well. So we're going to have all the square footage just because we want the second story bedrooms right. that need to like be used for something productive and useful. And like, sure, the kitchen can get bigger, but like how uh, uh, the kitchen can't be two stories and well, <laughs> like it, it 40 could feet be. long. I mean, sure. I guess <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's an atrium a kitchen floor and, and an actual cooking floor. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, adding square footage without uh, like a purposeful square footage that that makes sense could mean a kitchen right. that's kind of just weird to be and there. In. So we've toured about 100 houses in the last three years, and we have seen a lot of houses that have additions on them that have absolutely no thought put into them. They're like, let's <laughs> oh, just throw yeah. this extra box on the side of this house yeah. and have more square footage. But there's no flow at all, and it's where this addition is makes absolutely no sense to like the, the flow of the house at all. Like some places sure. sell like they put like a great room on the house, and it's at the opposite end of the house than like the kitchen, and it's like fifty foot walk to the kitchen through like four rooms. Right? <laughs> it's, it's not like, so this great. Is supposed room. to be like your entertaining space. <laughs> like that makes absolutely no sense to me. But they did it. You have to cross through the laundry room to get to the kitchen. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Go through. Go through the garage to uh, to find the family room. <laughs> Like, oh, we put some more square footage on, so it makes sense. Yeah. No, uh, no. You go to the kitchen and epic journey music starts playing in your head. <laughs> Wait a minute. 
That's a bad like sign. That's, that's where your couch is and your team. Okay, I had to walk all the way to the kitchen to get a bag of chips or a big popcorn or something, and I'm passing through an office and like a living room and a dining room and now a kitchen. So like before we, um, before, yeah, right. Before we get right. to the shop talk stuff, uh, how is pricing looking? Cause all I hear from anybody who's buying lumber these days is how expensive everything is, is now kind of like the absolute worst time to be adding something to your house. Um, so I'm also hoping that by next year things have settled down Yeah, a little bit, but in the grand scheme of things, like the lumber costs on this place is a small percentage of the overall Okay. So I don't really, yes, it costs more, but when you look at the actual scope of the project, it's, it's such a small percentage of the overall budget. Yeah. Well, well, like that. You've got excavation a, to do and that that's, that's plumbing. A, exactly. That's a huge cost. Yeah. Putting in a foundation. That's way much, that's way more than a couple of sticks of two by fours. Sure. Right. So at the end of the day, I don't really see it impacting a whole lot. If you're doing a whole house, maybe, or like a giant house or something, maybe then, but. I don't know. Okay. So you, so from what I understand, you are moving the shop into this new garage. But before you talk about that, uh, I even saw you did a video on this because I think you got, you know, kind of harassed by the internet community <laughs> about like what harassed me a lot. Yeah. Why, why you are not using the, the barn that's on this property for your shop. Cause I'm not a piece of livestock. <laughs> well, I mean, it's haunted, isn't it? It's, it's it depends haunted. on who you ask. Because it's, you know, it's a barn. It's it's currently set up as a barn for, like, animals. So it's not insulated. It's got dirt floors. It's it smells got, like pee. It smells like pee. It, like, you can't really, you don't get that on camera where it's, like, <laughs> it's it's dank and musty because it's a barn. And, like, animals have been peeing and pooping in there for years. I don't know if it's true, but I heard that this is how Stickley found out that ammonia fumes white oak. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that would surprise me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I actually don't know if that's true, but I have heard that, that that's how it was discovered is, is by, you know, furniture being made in a barn and that ammonia fume <laughs> turned the wood darker and they're like, huzzah, yeah. we have a new stain. <laughs> <laughs> well, missed opportunity there. And then I started bawling horse pee. Yeah. There you go. Put that in our tent with your furniture. Well, the kind of work that it would take to convert that barn to an actual sealed up, insulated, usable, like I'm, I'm assuming there's no concrete on the ground. Correct. It's dirt floor. So yeah. all of that yeah. that you would have to do to turn this shell of a building into something useful, I, I like, is it worth it to go through that effort? Uh, so the other thing, too, is like with the time frame, no. Yeah. With the time frame of trying to get into this, get this move done, no. <laughs> right. Because the lead time on getting that done is... I'm sure uh, it's a lot of time. And I, I think the other assumption that a lot of people made was that the barn was huge mm -hmm. or like a lot bigger than it really is. So the barn is 748 square feet. Oh yeah. Without, hmm, without the walls really? furred out yet to be insulated. Right. So by the time you do that, you're probably right around 700. Right Man, and you, you put all that effort into it and it's like you, you're going to want to just make something a little bit bigger. So, and that, that is the plan eventually is I got yeah. the space now to build an actual shop. So I'm looking and, at this as like, by comparison, what's the garage? Like thousand, 1100, 650. Yeah. It's just a three car garage, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So six. Yeah. So it's like you, it's 50 square feet difference. Huh? Yeah. I've so got a four car garage. Mine is only that. like eight something. So that's, that sounds about right. Wow. Mine's 330 and it's a single car. I just multiplied by three and just assumed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like it's like garage. deeper? I guess it is, a, it is a bit deeper than most, but yeah. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. So, but what, so I mean, wouldn't you have to, could you just pour a slab though? When you've got a post barn like that, I assume you've got posts sunk into the dirt. Uh, it's, a dirt it's, it's actually floor. on a foundation. Oh, really? So it is. Okay. It's, um, whatever. It's actually block walls. Okay. The right. this is called the basement or the main level. Uh -huh. The walls are all block on foundation or on footings. Could you use that for lumber storage? Could you stack slabs in there? I mean, well, I, I guess if it's, I would want to put a vapor barrier down first, but yeah. Yes. What what is your ultimate goal for the barn? Uh, so the barn, I think, is going to kind of float in limbo for now until we've spent some time there and kind of understand what we need from the property. That makes sense. Um, I may end up just converting it to finish space just to have it in the future when I don't have, you know, a deadline to get to and have that as an additional 
overflow shop area or make it like the the metal shop or something like that or just have it as just a nicer place to be for storage or something mm-hmm. blacksmithing shop there you go content more i don't need any more things <laughs> that's where you shoe your horses Jeez, true. You don't want to do that out in the open. No, 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 no. You do that inside. You traumatize the kids. I'm really getting into the high glue production market. Yeah. Good lord. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's a hot market. Let me tell you. Yeah. (laughs) There's currently two manufacturers, and they pretty much, yeah, have it all sewn up. So good luck with that. All right. So the last thing I saw was a shop. The, the last thing I saw was uh, epoxy paint going on the garage floor. So bring us, bring us into this garage. What's the plan? What's happened? What are you doing? So I'm basically turning this three-car garage into the exact same shop I have now, which is in a two-car. And it's, it's uncanny. Like, this is the exact same like, process I went through uh, nine years ago when yeah. I set this shop up. It's like I got the floor paint. I got the walls painted. I got the lights in. I ran all the electrical. And then I have like this shop space ready to go. And it was, uh, it was a long month last time I did this and I'm hoping to get it knocked a little bit faster. So last weekend I got the, uh, the floors painted. So that has some time to cure with that stuff. You kind of you need some cure time on that before you start going crazy and dragging crap all over it. Plus it'll knock you out. Like the, oh, I, the, the gases off that stuff are pretty so intense. I tried. So on this, in my current shop, I use a water-based, uh, you know, off the shelf garage floor, coating paint two-part paint product whatever you want to call it yeah so that was a water-based one i'm like oh i was i was shopping again i'm like oh there's there's a uh, solvent-based one here yeah i'll I'll try a solvent-based one we'll see how it compares over a few years and see how it holds up (laughs) yeah i was not ready for that i'm like oh yeah solve me okay whatever oh my god (laughs) yeah it's pretty bad i'm like this is like legit solvent-based it'll kill you (laughs) <laughs> when uh, when they did my shop in Arizona, um, these guys were in there with respirators, and I'm like, yeah, this is, probably smells really bad. How bad can it be? Just walking by yeah. the door six feet away, I was like, holy crap, that is noxious. And can you guess what I forgot at the house? At oh, house? no, your respirator? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, oh, let's get this down as quickly as possible. I had the doors open. Like, so that helps. Luckily, so the, the biggest advantage of the garage, it has in-floor heat already. So oh. like I could I could paint the floor and have the air temp at like 50 or 40 or whatever, but the slab is still 60. So the paint is still going to cure just fine with the doors open, which is a nice plus. Yeah, that's um, great. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely stunk up the whole house. So I'm glad we don't live there. Oh, even, even though like, the doors of the house were closed, like it's still it permeated. Yeah. So are you you have insulated walls and, and ceiling in the garage? Yep. So it's all. It was a it was a conditioned space, so Sweet. it's all prepped for that. So the walls are already insulated, and they're actually mudded, or first skim coat mudded and taped, and then the the floor is obviously insulated as well, and then the ceiling's insulated. Yeah, how could I mean if I were in your shoes, I don't see how I would come to any other decision. <laughs> like that space is yeah. really ready to become a shop. This is path of least resistance time. Oh yes, exactly, and that's exactly it. Because it's like there's. There's still a lot of work to do, but it's so cl- much closer to yeah. being like the space that I actually want. And like in floor heat is like the dream for me to have silent, quiet heat. Oh, that's the that, best. That's the best. Right. That I don't have to worry about a fan noise. And it's in super, my videos. it's supposed to be really consistent heat, too. Right. Like there's oh, there's it, it's it's incredible. It's it's so con- and, and the biggest problem with that space and with in floor heat is it takes a long time for it to bring the air temperature back up. So if you open the doors for a long time, yeah. it's going to be cold in there for a while. And don't open those doors, Matt. Well, I don't really plan to that often, but <laughs> yeah, but employing like just a, you know, a regular plug-in space heater would be kind of a nice stopgap. Um, yeah. You know, because you, you probably already have one from your current shop, right? You know, and just, I mean, that's oh what I gosh. use in my yeah. shop and this tiny little, like it's meant, it's actually labeled as an under desk space heater. Like you're supposed to put it to warm your feet in a cubicle <laughs> and <laughs> it, granted I have only 300 square feet in my shop, but just because the shop is well insulated, I turn it on for like five minutes and I'm like, Oh, oh my God, God, it's hot in here. You know, you turn it on a max obviously for five minutes, but it really doesn't take long. So it seems to me that would be a nice solution. You know, when you, when you do open that door. I'm also thinking like in the summer, so I might do like a mini split so do I can it. have an air conditioner as well. Just and then don't, do, a, don't do a Mr. Cool. Okay. <laughs> just, just I've don't. heard a lot of good things about them. Of course you, of, of course you have. 
That's how I don't even know that this is like a path of least resistance for you. This just seems to be the obvious choice. Like, I mean, I get I'm I'm glad you think so. I get the romance (laughs) of the barn, you know, like, oh, what a cool thing to work in a barn. But I don't think how many people people who think that. Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) How many people who think that have worked in a barn? Uh, David works in a horse barn. (laughs) Oh, well, okay. Apparently stickly. (laughs) There's one. So (laughs) yeah, and stickly. If you guys go go way back in woodworking podcasting history to the Way of the Glute podcast with Mac McKinney, he worked in a pole barn. And I remember talking to Mac and he's like, it is cold and drafty. Uh, yeah. And like he's he's like, I don't have to worry about dropping my chisels on the floor except for the fact that they get covered in mud. It's like, <laughs> it's like I don't know. I don't know. The pole barn doesn't quite look like Roy Underhill's shop because that's a set. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you, uh, Jory works in a big building that is very barn-like, and I think it's because they they kind of built it and then never necessarily got it to a hundred percent finished before they started to work in it. <clears throat> and it is drafty and big, and uh, and it was very cold, even though it wasn't even winter when I was there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you'd have to go through a lot of renovation to turn a barn into a, a very fun workshop space. Yeah. Hey, a quick question. So with, with the arrangement of the rooms and everything, like the way my house is, the easiest way to get to our vehicles in the driveway, unfortunately is through the shop. So every time the kids go to school or Nicole (laughs) has to go do whatever she does with her hair or something, uh, she leaves the garage door open for like 10 minutes getting to the car. (laughs) And then there goes all my hot That was the most sexist comment I've ever heard. Whatever she has to do with her hair or something. (laughs) It's not sexist. It's it's an observation. (laughs) The reason is because she just did this to me like yesterday. She got her uh, hair done, but the door was open for like 25 minutes. And all (laughs) all of my hot air is just like I just see money flying out the door. (laughs) And and so going back to what uh, Shannon was saying. That's one of the reasons why I still have my electric forced air heater is when that happens, I usually turn that on to get a quick burst of hot air to like replenish that hot air supply and then let the mini split do the rest of the job to maintain it for the rest of the day. Um, So my question for you, though, is the arrangement of the house. I assume most houses have an access that's actually pretty easy to get to the, the driveway that does not go through the garage. Is that something that you have? Yeah. Yeah, so okay. the, the front door is, like, right there. Yeah. So my house, but, it, it makes no sense to go out the front door, walk all the way around the house to get to the driveway, and that's, yeah. that's why we don't do it. Yours is definitely not set up for that. It's a weird the only setup. The only, like, weird thing to the shop is there's no, like, door, like, person door to the outside. Oh, okay. So, all right. So that's going to be kind of annoying, I think, because in order for me to, like, get things in and out of the shop, like, if I need to get something, yeah. I got to either walk through the house or open the door garage door like well, and that one. certainly minimizes uh air loss too if you had a man door mm. yeah that's how mine is i just have a garage door yeah mine too is there a space to put a door yeah nothing that would make sense because the only wall that would make sense is the front of the house and then there's already like two front doors on that house yeah so it's like how many there's, there's seven doors on this house already <laughs> okay like i don't really need another entry door to this house what about a window can you go through the window I can put a go. window in. I think it's a little weird. There aren't any windows in the garage. Oh, no kidding. Okay. So not even a window to jump except through. Except the doors. I get the doors have like the top pane has got the window things. Sure. To let some light in. But, you know, because uh, what we do, I'm probably going to cover those. Right. Because that's just annoying. <laughs> they're, also because they're south windows too. So they're going to be like, there's going to be this like hot spot somewhere in the shot at all times. Right. If I'm filming during the day. Are so, the uh, um, yeah. Are the doors insulated? They are. Okay, good. That's nice. That was a huge upgrade for me. I, I didn't even think about it at the time. And I was like leaking air everywhere. And then I put in a new insulated door and it's like, man, it's hot in here. Like yeah. open the door. It's too hot. So <laughs> about if lights? you put down, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Shannon. With, with that in-floor heating, <clears throat> does it work as well if you end up covering it like with like rubber floor matting? I, mean, See, I have no idea. I don't. That's, that's I what I wonder. No because I know putting the rubber flooring down in my shop, it, it changed the acoustics entirely of my shop for the better. And I really don't do feel like it makes it warmer. But then again, my slab isn't heated. You know, it just provides that insulated barrier above the slab. But I wonder, shouldn't it just what radiate through? Shouldn't it just heat up the rubber floor mats? Or I don't know. I would hate to lose that benefit. But at the same time, I don't think I could ever work in a just a slab floor shop anymore. I'm spoiled. <laughs> Cushy lifestyle you live over there. So that, that's a question I have no idea. So 
Well, I mean, we'll, we'll are you going the for, uh, are you going wall to wall rubber flooring? I mean, if it's just, uh, you know, in the yeah, spots where you have tools, it probably won't be an issue. Hmm. Man, I'm jealous though. I, that in-floor heating sounds really, really nice. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. So lighting, um, do you have plans for getting some better lighting in there now? Yeah, I probably was going to do like, well, the same thing I've been doing right now is I got those, um, those like eight foot LED strip things. Okay. That you can like daisy chain. Yeah. So I'm just going to buy a bunch of those. Nice. It's like I have like a supplemental lighting in my shop now mm-hmm. and just throw them up and be done with it because it's quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than like direct wire fixtures. Yeah. And pretty cost effective these days too. They're like $10 a, or 20 a stick. Yeah. I think it's 20 a stick. Okay. Like and, and last question I have for you. Uh, power. What's the what's the electrical situation? Oh God, there's nothing right now. So it's like it's exactly the same thing as when I moved into this shop. I uh, had a sub panel in the sh- in the garage. I added that and then like ran literally everything off that sub panel. So we're kind of like in the air right now whether I do it myself again or just hire it and be done with it. Because mm-hmm. uh, oh, it's a lot of work. I mean, electrical is like. It's a lot of work. I, I just leave it at that. <laughs> it is a lot of work. And I always have this whenever I do anything with electrical, there's always this thing in the back of my mind that I've done it wrong. And yeah. I get I just like it makes it I sleep better at night when I have a pro come in and actually do something that I know is is done perfectly. I don't have that problem. I had the problem every time I do it. I'm like, why am I? Why? Never again. <laughs> you hate life. <laughs> and then I still do it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that, That's me and drywall. and and grout tiling and grout yeah never nope nope not gonna do it again yes i know how to do it and now and i know why i don't want to ever do it again (laughs) no my my wife just won't let me do electrical she knows that i can but i don't know the codes you know am i gonna am i gonna pass inspection if i do this and just like mark said you know will i sleep well at night knowing that i will tell you what's wrong that's the whole point of the inspection okay fair enough fix this you did this wrong this that's just one of those things where electrical it's actually not that expensive. I guess I guess I've never had really major electrical, but like installing a sub panel, things like that, the time that it takes them to do it versus me, oh, it's so worth it. It's so worth it to just hire it out. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, the amount of electrical I've had and lights installed, like I can install lights. You know, that's not a problem if there's a circuit, I could certainly expand that oh, yeah. line and and install lights, but the amount of lights I needed to put in, the amount of holes I needed to cut into the the ceiling, having a team of like four four dudes in there whipping this out in a day, I was like, "Yep, that was totally worth it, hundred yeah. percent worth it to have them do it." That um, my my electrical um, projects, well, not just my electrical projects, a lot of my home projects, they get kind of like ninety percent done. <laughs> and then there's like, okay, now I just need to make like a little bit of trim to like finish it off. And like yeah. that goes undone for like eight oh, yeah. months. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, so. Only eight months. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, okay. I'll be honest. I still have some that I did four years ago, but they're in a back that's, corner that's of the house. more right. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've just gotten to the point where I kind of like it the way it is. Don't you like the way it is? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just leave it that way. It's <laughs> intentional. It. All right, well, do you so guys know with, who, uh, go ahead. I was about to do an ad, but you just totally jacked it up. Oh, well, we, we could do an ad, but after the ad, I'd like to hear more about Mark's art, Mark. What's your name? Matt. Nope. <laughs> Nobody. Like to, I'd like to hear more about your like arboretum and like outside the shop plans. You ah. threw that little teaser out in your Instagram video about what you plan to do with the land. So let's talk about the after we talk about Rossler. <laughs> All right. Well, when you, we come, when we come back, <laughs> we'll come back from this. We'll hear about break. Matt's plans to plant trees. You know who can't help you with an arboretum? Ha! I don't know. I'm pretty sure Rockley could help you with that. Yeah, they might. I had to change the whole uh, script. They probably here. got. They probably got some kind of T-track, like tree layout device. Yeah, to maybe <laughs> nice. something to hang some grow lights from. Maybe. <laughs> right. That could work. It's right. a different kind of arboretum. It's in your state, Mark. It's a Colorado arboretum. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, we're talking about Rockler, of course, whether you're moving into a new shop or just need the flexibility to move tools or benches around, check out Rockler. Rockler's power tool mobile bases can be built to fit your power tools and help you move them with ease. Rockler's workbench caster kit lets you move even the heaviest workbench with little effort. Uh, This set of four easy spin casters features a foot activated lift mechanism that engages or disengages with the touch of your little tootsie. 
Uh, if you need to move sheet goods, check out, I didn't, even, I didn't know about this until the, reading this ad. Check out Rockler's material. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Material Mate Panel Cart. The Material Mate lets you easily roll 4x8 sheets from your truck or lumber rack to your table saw. The tilting top allows convenient loading if you store your sheet stock on edge. The vertical position also allows passage through a service door as narrow as 30 inches. When not in use as a panel cart, you can add a top and use the Material Mate as a mobile shop stand, work table, or outfeed table. It is a very, very slick device. I think uh, especially if you're working with that plywood, and you guys know how it is trying to Manhandle those things around the shop. Four by eight sheets are very, very heavy. Um, this is something you're going to be interested in. And my Dunkin' coffee has arrived. Thank you, Nicole. And thank what? you. Where's, where's mine? Well, her arms aren't that long. Plus, she's got to go do something with her hair later. What are you going to say? Say she's busy Women, getting her hair. Am in. I right? We're <laughs> All right. So you can oh. you can find these. You know, you know who's not sexist. <laughs> Rockler. Um, you can find all of those products in their stores or at rockler.com and go check them out. Cause Rockler is a great sponsor of the show. We appreciate their support. So I can't believe they still stick around. For well, here's it. the thing. They've already paid for it. They're totally paid up and they just have to ride out the rest of the year. Whether they like it or not is a different story. Well, <laughs> it's already paid they- for. <laughs> they're so nice i'd never say any, I, otherwise they so, do yeah. seem like the, that really nice friend who doesn't want to insult you but you know they, they just kind of want to get out <laughs> at this point <laughs> oh, oh they're rolling their eyes that's yeah. like <laughs> all right so what's what's this about uh grow lights or something arboretum what are we doing well first of all where is the sawmill in relation to the shop like how far away is it not that it matters it's not like you're the, sawing the stuff up at the other house is well the, i know but the main <clears> house the, the plan, sorry, my, call it. my bad. The plan for the sawmill, where are you planning to put it? Like on the property? So we're still kind of, we're still kind of up in the air with it. So it's probably going to go out where we kind of think the actual shop is going to go someday, which is going to be like way in the back of the property. Oh, wait a minute. So you're going to build another shop? Oh yeah. I, I ain't working on this a garage. This is temporary, baby. This is just temporary. Oh, all right. Sorry. Is that the topic <laughs> of this portion of the video or the, uh, the, the podcast? Are you in your dream shop or have yeah. you already built it? Uh, all right. This, this all right. is this is brilliant. I, I'm telling you, man, this is exactly if the funds were there, this is exactly how I would plan this. This would be a temporary thing, maybe a four to five year plan, but the dream shop being the ultimate plan for this. I mean, you right. got so much space and it, you have the best of both worlds because when you have the young kids at home, if you have something that is physically distant but not drive worthy. Exactly. You yep. know, there is enough distance <laughs> exactly, there. Yeah. You could still go out and do what you need to do. You can get on your little, uh, your little bicycle or Segway, <laughs> your farm Segway or something. <laughs> oh, all terrain Segway. Great idea. <laughs> and then you scoot over to your shop when you need to, but it's physically distant enough that you're not going to be, you know, dragged down by the normal domestic bliss that, that distracts you from work. <laughs> dragged down by the bliss. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that's, that's great. great. And then your you know, your family can feel good because they know dad's out in the shop. They could probably see it from the house and, and you're, you're there, but you're not there. (laughs) Just get good Wi-Fi. That's all. Present, but distant. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, we're talking dream shop now. Um, and this is going to be a little bit more of a general conversation for all three of us. Um, it's a question of whether we're in our dream shops. Do we already have them? Uh, and what does a dream shop look like at this point? So Matt, since we're 
talking about you today. Why don't you you kick it off? What is what is the Dream Shop long term plan here? And do you walk through the arboretum to get to it, or <laughs> yeah, uh, zip line through? You know, I might have a smaller arboretum on the way. <laughs> you just stop like through the second the second arboretum, yeah. or something like that. You pick a banana off the banana tree I don't on your think way to that's work. Going to work here in Minnesota? No, but, you know, hey, try it. I mean, I built this greenhouse just for this one banana tree. Yeah. So I'm on the way to the shop. So when I'm on the way, I can pick my banana and keep moving. Yeah. It'll be a big thing for the kids. Like once a year. We are talking dream shop here, Matt. (laughs) Come on. Think big, man. My dream world, bananas grow in Minnesota. Perfect. All right. That'll work out wonderfully. Yep. Uh, So one of the, the, um, I guess the things we're looking for with the, uh, the, the new house or the property, whatever it was, the acreage to allow me to build basically whatever I wanted. Um, the way that a lot of these city zoning things go or city ordinances go is that you the size of your outbuildings depends on the size of your lot. Mm-hmm. So the bigger your lot, the bigger your outbuildings can be. And the one we ended up with here in the city that we're at, the ordinances are, I am on the unlimited plan, which is kind of nice. Unlimited? Versus, yeah. Nice. Unlimited. Unlimited in square footage and in quantity. Wow. Wow. So you could build like a nuclear plant and they'd be okay with that. There might be a little bit something a little bit goofy with that, the permitting <laughs> process, but you know. Well, you don't actually fire it up. Just, just it's, it's a scale replica model. They're an active <laughs> cooling tower. Don't worry about it. You could do the, the Cremona School of Woodworking like uh, Mark Adams. Exactly. They I have could like do that. 10 and, buildings. Well, taking another step back so one of the other like challenges and considerations we had with the move was finding a a a property that was big enough in a town that had the right ordinances that was favorable to home-based businesses Mm -hmm. sure uh which there's like a whole spectrum of uh considerations there too so luckily we landed in a town that has very favorable uh ordinances for home-based businesses and also have that lot big enough where I'm kind of in that tier where they don't really care. Right. I guess. So. Wow. You've actually what, put some thought into this. Good for you. Oh my God. I've read so many, <laughs> like every, for anybody that lives around here, every city in Washington County, I have gone through their city ordinances to see where they stand on everything they want to do in my future and like not set myself up for future roadblocks based on where I decide to live. Yeah. So that's that, a crappy that's thing a, to find out after the fact, you know, like, well, that, that was always a thing too. And that's one of the challenges we had with uh, the realtors we went through is they would like set us up with these awesome houses and show them to us and they would never have researched the city ordinances. Ugh. So when I get there and I ask them, like, okay, what, what's the total square footage for the outbuildings I can have here? And they have no idea. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, why don't you go look it up? I'm like, I have to go look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's, it's your job. Okay, but your commission just went down by a percent. Okay, well, I guess I will. So anyway, I've, I've looked them all up everywhere we've been, and there have been some places that we absolutely love that I've had to eliminate because I, I wouldn't be able to have a, a, a business, my yeah, own property. It's a deal breaker. Even if I have 20 acres or more. Now, as the son of a real estate broker and longtime real estate agent, that's wrong. Just for folks out there, you know, don't, don't, don't be saying, oh, that's not the agent's responsibility. Maybe it's not the agent's responsibility, but a good agent will understand right. what's important to their customer and look at these things. Yeah, if they so, want Matt's business, that's what yeah. they're going to have to do. That's, that's a little ridiculous. I mean, that should be like the number one thing. You know, we have a home-based business. We plan to grow the home-based business. We want acreage. Figure it out, lady. Man. <laughs> that was, that was exactly the, uh, the experience I had where I'm like that. Isn't like we're like we tell them what we want. Like, oh, I need acreage for this business. I have a sawmill. I have all these things. I want to have a big shop. Figure it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's. Hmm. So do you well, have ideas I, at this point? I, on the other hand, if if I decide to get my real estate license, I I would be very valuable to someone in my area looking for a place to put a home based business. Well, you <laughs> you do need something else to do. I mean, uh, you got I'm a lot of spare it. time right now, so you may as well. That's an empty promise. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't doing that. <laughs> so what is the, I mean, it's obviously this is in the future. Have you thought about uh, the dream shop, what that might look like? Yeah. So I wanted to do a timber frame that I built myself and then like cut all the beams for and post myself. Okay. Which if we talk about this in like five years, when I'm doing it. I'll probably regret it. 
<laughs> but um, that's my dream is to like straight up build the whole thing. Uh, you know, Morrison Tenon, big giant posts, sure. cut all these giant 40 foot beams on my sawmill, all that, all that stuff. Yeah. And it would probably take me a few years, which could be interesting. Sure. But uh, I don't know. There's, I've definitely romanticized the idea of these big timber frame structures. But they you could sell cool. tickets to the barn raising, to the frame raising. <laughs> That's true. I could Pay money that. for a chance to be part of the frame raising crew. Dude, so I'd, I'd, I'd come it. out for that. Lift, help you lift a couple beams or, or watch you do it at least. Well, Mark I and I could stand to the side and direct. Well, That's right. Cranes would be Move doing that. that. I think you'd be like holding the guide wires or something. Yeah. We, we can get you doing that. Yeah, put to work. I want to be the guy that nails the, the, the branch to the top of the... the I'm pretty the sure that's my job. No. <laughs> no, I, I just call it dibs. Pretty sure I get that glory. It's like calling shotgun. I'm already, I already did it. I just want to, I just want to make lemonade for the sweaty men. You can do that. You know, okay, like an Amish barn raising like you see in movies. <laughs> the lemonade barn. They bring, yeah, they, they, there's always the, the lady with the little bonnet that comes out with a pitcher of lemonade for the men. They take, they, they uh, grab their little handkerchief and wipe their forehead, take a swig of the lemonade and go back to work. You know what I'm talking about. I more bar raisins well, and get some as, lemonade. That's yeah, there, as lemonade. long as you wear the bonnet, Mark. If you wear okay, the bonnet, all right. I'll make some good. whoopie pies. We'll have a party. It'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> an old-fashioned Amish party. <laughs> can't, can't have an Amish party without whoopie pies. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't think they call them whoopie pies, though. The Yeah, they do. Listen, I spent a lot of time in Amish country, and uh, I, I purchased a lot of Amish baked goods. <laughs> And they make some whoopie pies. I'm telling you. <laughs> they don't just call them like, you know, sweet brown things with white stuff in it. Sweet brown things. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, show title. So look, I've, I've supposedly, according to, you know, videos I've published, I've had a dream shop, theoretically. Um, what, and I think people can kind of go look at those videos if they want to know what I thought a dream shop would look like. I want to know Shannon. If you had the opportunity, what would your dream shop look like? Well, it would definitely have a front porch. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that place to front whittle. porch is useful. Yeah. No, it's, it's very much the same plan as Matt, though probably not quite to the extreme of sawing my own, you know, timbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, I mean, ideally having land, I would actually love to have forest land. And actually, be able to uh, um, get into silviculture and and harvest my own land. That would be really fun. In which case, I have some plans for this really cool bandsaw mill that I think I would probably end up building. Um, but is it foot powered? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it goes a quarter inch a minute. It's really really fast. That'd be a lot of a lot of feet, and there would have to be small children feet too as well. <laughs> If I'm going to go in, I'm going to go all in. You know? I'm going to send my kids to this work camp. <laughs> I'll start. I'll run. I'll run fat camps for kids. And it'll just basically oh. power the sawmill. It'd be good. You could slap a big Peloton logo on the side of the, the band sawmill. Oh. Yeah, somehow, I, somehow I don't think Peloton would want to be associated with a child fat camp. Ah, they're fine. <laughs> we don't call them fat camps. So that, that would be the plan. But I, I think like actually getting the right, species of timber like i mean douglas fir is it's the timber framing wood certainly you can do things like oak and such like that but being able to actually find the trees to to you know a 40 foot pole um although i could get into scarf joints and stuff i don't know that's just one of those things where i actually know sawmills through my job that that provide for timber framers what? What? Um, and they they will cut they will they will plane it for you or they'll just send it to you you know, right off the mill. And that's really what I'd want mm -hmm. is uh, just a can't essentially. But that would be the, the goal would be to actually timber frame my own shop. Um, if you look at like pictures of Greg Pennington, the Windsor chair maker, look at pictures of his shop. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm going. Um, yeah. And that's the funny thing is, is the dream shop for me is not really about square footage. Certainly it'd be bigger than my current shop. Yeah, A little more um, room. I mean, I'm, quite happy with the 330 square feet I have. I just wish it was a little bit wider because it is just a single car garage, yeah. but I've also been in the shop for gosh, 12 years now, maybe, um, maybe not that long, whatever. It's been a while and I've gotten really used to the size. I do feel my ability to upgrade certain things limited just by the fact there's no place to put it. 
like, I really would like to build, I have a shave horse in my backyard. That's kind of very, you know, English bodger found out in the woods somewhere, right. <laughs> really beat up looking thing. And it, it was fun. It was split from a log and, but I'd like to build like a really fancy, like Tim Manny style shave horse that goes in the shop, you know, that can go into a climate controlled space, but there's just no place for it in here. Um, so the, the plan would be to timber frame something that has a loft that, you know, I would have access to loft and I could put like a desk up there and make like a little, little cozy design reading nook type place. Um, I think that would be really cool. Nice. And then have a almost not, not a lean to, but like an open air, like carport type extension of the roof off the side that I could stack lumber in and have like my lumber storage outside the shop off the side somewhere. And that would also play well into the whole idea of having a little bit of forest land because then I could start to go all Cremona on people and start sawing up my own lumber. Yeah. Um, awesome. But yeah, I mean, the idea would be, it's not even so much what the shop is, but the, the process of actually building and raising my own shop. And, and I would, I would do it old school. Like that's the funny thing is I, I certainly I'm drawn to hand tools, but timber framing in general, I, I'm so drawn to it with the hand tool approach which is probably a little nuts, but you know, so no, um, no chain Morriser for you. No, but I do have a, um, I have a boring machine. I already have a boring machine. Um, I've got several slicks. Um, this is, this is something that I have already started playing with a little bit because I'm actually on my current land. I was going to uh, timber frame like a small kind of raised platform, not gazebo, but covered porch type idea. Um, and I've actually, kind of maybe if I'm lucky may do that this particular summer. I was thinking about it this year, but pandemic stuff kind of got in the way of all that. But mm -hmm. yeah, th that would be, that would be the goal is to have my own. It would certainly be, you know, separate from the house, but kind of like you're saying Matt, like somewhere in the back corner of a lot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my biggest issue is I, <laughs> I'm not in the right place right now. Um, you know, not, I don't have enough land. I haven't even looked into the covenants because it's just not something I'm going to do here, but I'm also not in the right state. You know, we, we both know that we're not going to be here long-term. We're certainly not going to retire here in Maryland. So, mm -hmm. you know, we got to figure out where we're going to be and then we'll figure out the land side of things. Colorado. Yeah, that's There's my a lot, goal. A lot of trees there. Look, your mom <laughs> said, she told me, I talked to her the other day. She's like, I, I'm, I can't wait for Shannon to move out of here. I'm a very good realtor. I could find them a great place. <laughs> That's what yeah, she told she's me. Gotta, she's got to convince. I know all of the city ordinances for home-based right. businesses. Already researched. Yeah. She's just got to figure out how to convince the wife to go back to Colorado. She's not into it. Really? No. Yeah. I don't come know Come on, why. Heather. Come on. She, come she, on. Didn't have, she didn't have the same Rocky Mountain High experience that I did. So <laughs> okay. I guess, I guess it's a, a well, different thing. Dang. Okay. Uh, so I don't feel like, I mean, do I need to talk about the Dream Shop thing? I, I, that was, I made a video called that. Do I need to discuss it? You guys have any you questions? We need to talk about life this is after the dream shop. You guys how want to talk about how, how different it is now when people put a video up about their dream shop and how supportive people are? About uh, how piddly and small and insignificant your dream shop was compared yeah. to today's dream shop? And how like how I was a uh, trust fund baby because I could afford to build a shop. Do you remember those comments? That, that Remember those? <laughs> oh, I, oh, I remember those and I had to delete them because people are jerks. That's why I never saw them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I saved you guys from having to read that crap. Oh uh, my God. Yeah. It was a mess. Uh, that's you know, funny. <clears throat> that's because like in retrospect, like it's yeah. not even, that was not like that crazy of an endeavor. No, it was a pretty standard shell of a building, you know, with some yeah. insulation and air conditioning and concrete flooring. But I think I was just one of the first, I guess, <clears throat> let me use the term YouTubers. Uh, the one of the first people on YouTube to kind of make that jump to that. And I just got a lot of hell for it. It's, it's really funny. Well, thank you for setting the stage for us. Uh, feature folk to do things that are so far beyond the scope of what I did. What's interesting is shops. Now it's, it's like workbenches. You know, we used to just have a piece of plywood or whatever. And now people are building their workbench out of walnut with, yeah. you know, ebony plug inlays and we're spending thousands of dollars on vice hardware, not hundreds, thousands on vice hardware. And, and that's, I'm seeing the same thing happen with shops, certainly from a, from a scale perspective, but I'm also seeing kind of medium sized shops that are being 
pimped out and freaked out. Yeah. Like hardwood shiplap siding, board and batten inside, you know, hardwood floors with, with inlay in the floors, um, just crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. And, and, you know, then, then the other stuff like, like the lighting, well, I mean, I should talk. I'm, I'm the one with smart bulbs in my own shop, but you know, Hey, it's cheap track lighting. We're talking, I know <laughs> folks that have like, like home theater lighting systems in their shop and just beautiful, beautifully done. Like this could pass for any luxury bedroom or, you know, room in a luxury house. <laughs> yeah. For um, when you're sleeping in the shop. Yeah. And then, and then like, because it's so kitted out inside, like the dust collection has been, the ante's been up there. So the point where you have like a, you know, like a Vic Hubbard shop where the, the dust never actually makes it to the ground. It starts falling, <laughs> right. but it just, it magically <laughs> disappears before it gets to the ground. And it's great. Well, and I think we've also arrived at a point now, just uh, not to go too far down the content rabbit hole, but we've arrived at a point where a lot of companies are aware of the power of social media, the power of, uh, you know, these content pieces being out there. It's uh, as someone who works with companies, I could say it has never been easier to get free stuff if you make content. So if you are building out a shop, uh, it's probably not that hard to get some stuff from Mr. Cool or Home Depot or you know what I mean? Like all the standard names we hear, just like if you're making a bed, you know, three years ago, uh, you could probably get a Casper mattress pretty easily. Right. So a lot of these things make it easier for people to to trick out these spaces because, you know, it's just the nature of the, the beast right now. Uh, you know, it's funny just thinking in terms of having had a supposed dream shop. I could I could tell you my experience going, I guess, backwards, if you will. Um, one thing I realized was I don't care as much about the shop as I do about where I am. And I was really unhappy in Arizona. So even though that shop was an interesting open book and blank slate that I could build upon, and it was fun to actually go through that process, I found it very challenging to be happy there because I just wasn't happy in Arizona. And I've got a much smaller shop now that it has floors that don't seem to want to stay still. <laughs> and uh, it's like a fun house in there sometimes. Uh, I got a lot of things that are great about my shop space. But the one thing is it's attached to a home that I love in a place that I love. And uh, that makes my dream shop my current oh, shop. Oh, man. Yeah, seriously. And uh, and also, here's another thing. I, I can't wait. I think you're probably more creative in this regard than I am, Matt. Uh, but one of the challenges for me is designing something from the ground up, um, deciding where things go, where you have internal partitions. Uh, when you have an open slate, that's hard for me to design, but put me in a space that has spatial challenges and I rise to the task of of getting things to fit in a way that makes sense in that space. So that yeah. was that was something I confronted here uh, was a video garage. gamer in you all that Tetris. Yeah, I guess so. But give me an open slate, like a wide open thing. I have trouble coming up with, and that's why my Arizona shop just kind of stayed this large open space. And I really didn't do much with it to compartmentalize things. It just was kind of wasted space in a lot of ways. So anyway, that's my thoughts on dream shops. I wouldn't even really get into it with my dreams, I guess, but a lot of that is not like, I'm going to, I want to have a big shop, but it's not going to be one big giant open room. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, yeah. I have a lot of different interests and a lot of things that I can compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. And I think because what we do is a little bit strange or goofier, I guess, in the sense of like we're like making content. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about this later in one of the next shows of like being showing like what we have in our shops yeah. and like staying humble to like this is what most people have. So like I would have like, the studio shop, which is like a hobby shop, I guess, yeah. where like you would have normal stuff, but then there'd be an auxiliary space where like I could have like a wide belt sander. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> like those things that I don't necessarily need every day, but I have them there for like another aspect of my business, which is surfacing the slabs. And, and stuff. you call it the real shop? The real shop. And it's like, it's dank. <laughs> it's poorly lit. It looks like know? a real shop. It looks like there's sawdust everywhere. <laughs> Just like a real shop. Yeah, yeah. There's no, uh, there's no fancy Wi-Fi lights in there. Right. right. <laughs> Important. Man, wow. Well, and I mean, you go to a lot of a lot of professional cabinet makers. I'm just thinking of um, my trips to Chuck Bender's shop. He had the machine shop and the hand shop. You know, and and yep. one was actually the machine shop was actually in a garage, and the hand tool shop was like in the the closed in space behind it. Although I think. I think it was originally all one big garage and he just put a wall up in between, but you know, he had a raised, um, 
uh, plywood floor in the hand tool shop and it was incredibly well lit and, you know, wood paneling on the walls that he had hung tools on and everything and a wood burning stove in the corner. It was very cozy. And then the machine shop was slab floor and lots of cast <laughs> iron and kind of dark. And yeah, but, but, you know, it was that separation of, of the heavy, you know, milling of work that was going on in the other room. And then he could come in and turn on the stereo and do the, you know, cause of course he did mostly 18th century stuff. So a lot of time carving and finessing joints and things like that. Very cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. Nothing but possibilities. I wish you and the I, best. And I it. think as far as your little transportation to and from the shop, you need one of those one wheel cool things. Oh yeah. You know, I've been, you know, like I've been looking at that. A little ever since I like skateboard. Ever, ever since yeah. I showed that I got a hoverboard, people were like, you gotta buy this now. I'm like, I bought this hoverboard. It was like a joke. Yeah. Yeah. So now the now fact that those one wheels have like off-road tires and things. Yeah. They got can, that like, big go fat tire on there, right? Them. Oh, they're cool. Yeah. I lo- like, I'm, I'm intrigued. Let's, I'll say that. I got some, uh, when I look out my office window, there's some douche noodle that rides through his <laughs> with his headphones on. And it just has this like super cool guy look on him as he's scooting by on his one wheel. It's great. It's good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, that just about does it for us today. Uh, remember that we are proudly sponsored by Rockler. Rockler is a family owned business since 1954. They're your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, a new shop, or new kitchen new cabinets, <laughs> Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com and use that code WOODTALK, that's all one word, WOODTALK, uh, to receive free shipping on most orders over $39. Hooray for that. Mm-hmm. And... If you have questions, as you know, we do a Q&A show every month now, and we need cues in order to A. So please go to woodtalkshow.com. There's a contact form there that you can submit your questions, or you can always hit us up on Instagram. Although now that I say that, it occurs to me, I don't think we ever really check those questions. But you can submit them there anyway, and maybe one day we'll actually look at them. Well, I got, I a, I got a, a little thing to, to put here. I wasn't going to do this, but now I thought about it. You mentioned the social stuff. Um, look, we're the three of us have other focuses, right? We're focused on other things. We love doing wood talk, but when it comes time to promote wood talk, like the shows get published, we are very terrible at, at doing the whole social media. Like, Hey everybody, there's a new show. Go listen to it and interacting oh, with yeah. those accounts. So I'm going to put this out there. I might regret it, but if anyone has a little bit of aptitude for social media, likes wood talk and thinks you might want to do some like free work for us. <laughs> I mean, you know what? We could probably throw them some digital content stuff once in a while. We got guild projects to offer. We've got hand tool school things to sure. offer. We could find ways to compensate you. Uh, so if you think you might be interested in helping us be like that social media um, arm of what we do when a show is published, uh, write us an email. I, I really would love to crowdsource this and find someone who could help us out with the social media side because we're terrible at it. We're just terrible. And it's a missed opportunity when people follow us and we don't say, use every platform that they follow us on to say, here's the newest episode at the very least. And we suck at that. <laughs> I oftentimes don't even like like it. Like right? from my own account, you the just, talk thing comes yeah, out. Yeah, you're like, don't even like it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need my help. <laughs> So yeah, seriously, (laughs) we will find ways to compensate you. Obviously the show doesn't make a whole lot of money, so it's not like we could just give you a paycheck, but, uh, and it wouldn't be a lot of work. It would just be something that like, you know, you'd be helping us out to spread the word about the show. We would really appreciate it. So if anyone is interested in helping us out in that capacity, um, email us and, uh, what is it? Woodtalkshow at gmail.com. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be appreciative of the support and the help. Mark will make you a lemonade. I will serve you a sweet, cold lemonade while you wipe your brow from all that social media (laughs) typing that you have to do. That's a lot of work. Uh, A little sore thumbs. (laughs) Your sore thumbs. I'll massage your sore thumbs. How about that? Wow. (laughs) That's next level right there. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next time. See ya. Happy shopping, Matt. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.